Here's a message from Ken Lavica. We know the last night was probably Ben Roethlisberger's farewell. That's where most competent radio shows are focusing today. But we needed to have a discussion about Mike Tomlin. Still in the Banowitz hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Turn it up! Turn it up! From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Kind of feels like the last time we saw Mike Tomlin late in the postseason, football was being played on TV in black and white. But Mike Tomlin, forget Roethlisberger for a second, Mike Tomlin last night did something that no other coach, none, zero, no other coach has ever done. And is he an all-time great? I think that's the most legitimate question of the day coming off of Monday Night Football last night. Ken LeVick alive, two hours here on ESPN 106.3. The Anna John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach. Phillips Point Towers right off of the cool and comfortable Intracoastal. It's Tuesday, that means Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29, uh, in for his second straight day. Uh, Theo's ready to go today, and I appreciate this, and we are going to get to Baker, because I think we uh, touched a nerve uh, before the show, just to peek behind the curtain. Uh, Stone LeBanowitz, Friday Night Lights, runs things, makes sure that we're on the air until 2 o'clock. He, uh, he poked a Baker Bayfield uh, nerve with mm. Theo, so we're definitely... I'm fuming. We're definitely... Definitely going to that uh, as we uh, we got on through here for the uh, the next two hours. Mike Tomlin with the Steelers, just dreadful football last night, by the way. But the Steelers win over the Browns. Mike Tomlin becomes the only coach in the history of the NFL to have a winning record in his first 15 seasons as a head coach. Think about that. Shula didn't do it. Uh, Belichick didn't do it. He sure didn't do it he, with that Browns. Yeah, he definitely <laughs> didn't do it. But Mike Tomlin, if you can claim in the NFL over a decade and a half span wow. that you're the only coach to be able to do something, that's extremely significant, right? That is literally incredible and it's one of those things too where you look up and you say wow Mike Tomlin's been the coach there for 15 years yeah that was my first reaction wait it's been 15 years since he took over for Cower yeah good lord it's just and it's also it's you don't see that a lot coaches sticking around that long especially if if you know he only has the is it one Super Bowl or did he get this one he's been to two one one that's right that's right because they lost that uh, other one with with Ben to the Packers at QB yeah against Aaron Rodgers that bad man but no Mike Tomlin, his longevity there, the way he's controlled and managed some of the most erratic personalities and the way he's kind of managed the back end of Ben Roethlisberger's career, all through winning seasons, Ken, not even like a 1-7-9 or a 6-10. and 10. We, we forgive coaches for that all the time. Yeah, without a losing season. No losing season. He's been 8-8, eight and eight, but he has never been below 500. Crazy. And in a 17-game season, Mike Tomlin clinches a – non-losing season here in 2021 last night. Yeah. Mike Tomlin has been polarizing, though, throughout 
his NFL career. And it's great that he has had these 15 non-losing seasons, but again, he's only won the, the one Super Bowl, and that was all the way back in 2008. So it's been it's been 13 years since he won the Super Bowl. It has been 11 years since he's been to a Super Bowl, and he has in that span missed the playoffs six of the 15 years, including three of the last five, and very well is going to end up being four of the last six once all is said and done here this season. So Mike Tomlin, I think we can agree to it. A good coach. He's a good coach. But is he an all-time great coach? And I'm not sure. I don't don't want to get the wool pulled over my eyes by... And, I mean, that's elite. Not having a losing season in your first 15 years as a head coach. That's elite stuff. That's good stuff. But he also inherited a Hall of Fame quarterback. He also inherited a championship roster that now... I think you would agree, Theo. This Steelers roster, I don't know what they're going to be next year. Mm. Next year, more than any other year in the Mike Tomlin era, is going to be the biggest warning sign for losing season. Because you lose Ben. This year, I thought more so because Ben stuck around. But what do they do now? But but Ben has seemed like more of a detriment since like about 2017, 2018, to winning at least. He's there for the consistency, and I think Mike Tomlin does appreciate so, that. But you think Mike Tomlin's overcome Ben Roethlisberger? He has overcome. He has most definitely overcome. Just like in Ben Roethlisberger's first Super Bowl when the Steelers overcame his terrible effort when the best quarterback in that game was Antoine Randall-Lil, Ben Roethlisberger has been somebody that Mike Tomlin's had to coach around his inefficiencies and his inability to get the ball out on time or be immobile in the pocket. Like, I think – his coaching prowess through the back end of Ben Roethlisberger's career has been the most impressive. Mike Tomlin, and I think there's a difference between good and all-time great. Like you look, you look at where Mike Tomlin sort of sits right now in the pantheon of NFL coaches. Him and Pete Carroll are very, very similar in terms of wins, yeah. years as a head coach, championships, Super Bowl appearances. I mean, they're damn near a blueprint of one another. Pete Carroll, I do feel like, gets more credit for being a great coach than Mike Tomlin does. I truly believe that. But I also think that the Seahawks have shown more consistency in Pete Carroll's time to continually get back to the playoffs than Mike Tomlin's Steelers teams have. Well, I have a question. Does Mike Tomlin call a pass on, on, on the goal line against the Patriots in that situation? Like, I don't know. I think he turns around and hands it off to, you know, whoever the heck they had back there at the time, Bill or whoever. You know, like. Mike Tomlin, though, he's never struck me. Maybe I'm wrong, but he's never struck me as an all-time great. Yeah. Where I think to myself, it's a no-brainer first ballot, snap of the finger, there's Mike Tomlin going to Canton. That has never crossed my mind that he's an all-time great. Longevity? Awesome. Demeanor? Awesome. Could listen to him talk. I wish he narrated my life. Like, I'm all about that with Mike Tomlin. But an all-time great coach? I haven't seen him in a massive playoff game mm. in six years. We haven't seen him in a Super Bowl in 11 years. He hasn't won a Super Bowl in 13 years. But it's not just me, Theo. 
don't just take it from me. And I know you you don't take a lot of what I say seriously, which is the right <laughs> approach to take with that. That was part of my orientation when I got yeah. hired here. Do not listen yeah. to Ken. You can do a show with him. Have fun. Yeah. But don't listen to him. <laughs> Terry Bradshaw was on FS1 a couple of years ago. This was 2017. The great Terry Bradshaw. The face, the bald head of the Steelers. And he was asked what he thought of Mike Tomlin. Here's Terry Bradshaw and Mike Tomlin. I don't think he's a great coach at all. Um, he's, a, he's a nice coach, and he's a, to me, I, I, and I've said this, I've said, oh, he's, a, he's, he's, he's really a great cheerleader guy. I don't know what he does, but I, I don't think that he's a great coach at all. Never even, his name never even pops in my mind when we think about great coach, coaches in the NFL. That's the coach of his team. Yeah. That's the coach of Terry Bradshaw's team. That's the Super Bowl winning head coach of Terry Bradshaw's team. That almost seemed a little sour grapes. Like maybe there's something deeper. Yeah, that was that, weird. Yeah, that that was definitely weird. But Terry Bradshaw is right. Like what what does Mike Tomlin like do? What's his coaching person? That's the thing. What does Pete Carroll do? What does he do? What does any coach really do? like? Hold on the sideline. Yeah, like, I mean, a lot of these guys have coordinators that handle each side of the ball. A lot of what being a head coach, especially at that level, is, especially when you're a head coach for that long, 15 years, is a lot of managing personalities. I mean, one thing Mike Tomlin did was he managed Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon Bell in the locker room at the same time. And I didn't work out, but he got rid of the guys that he knew were being too problematic at the time and cut ties at the right time. He handled personalities well. That is true. But his coaching personality, and I'll tell you what Pete Carroll's is. I mean, he he not only coached, but he also built. He constructed. He had the personnel decisions to build one of the most dominant defenses over a three-year span, four-year span that we've ever seen in the NFL. I mean, that's Pete Carroll. Yeah. Uh, and so I think therein lies a bit of a personality that the Seahawks developed, a mobile quarterback with a bruising running game and an overwhelming defense. That was the key to success. The Steelers, okay defenses over the last decade. Yeah. Nothing consistent where you'd say, oh, that's right up there in the best in the NFL because they had some pretty dicey defenses, even when they still had Troy Polamalu back there. Like, they were giving up yards. Yeah. And... There was the offense. There was Ben. Everything ran through Ben. Everything was predicated around Ben, but it wasn't overly explosive. Did they throw a lot? Yeah. Was it unbelievably explosive? No. Did they win a lot of regular season games? Yeah. I would say it was kind of – the offense had been explosive. I think we're, we're, we have our 2022 glasses on a little too heavy there because Ben is one of those – he was a chunk-it-down-the-field type of guy. Like, he was a big-play guy. He's always had – Chunky weapons. guy chunking it down the field. Yeah, yeah, that was his thing. You know, you can't take him down, and then he throws it up there, and he has a guy like Antonio Brown or Heinz Ward or Antoine Randall or Santonio Holmes. Mm-hmm. Like, they put playmakers on the outside, and they said, hey, Ben, throw the ball 30 times deep as hell, and you're going to throw some interceptions. We're going to have some 20 interception seasons. But these dudes are going to get it for you. They'll go get it. That was I feel like that was the offense. They always had a, a very good running back back there. Um, the Steelers, I feel like, have been this consistent brand. And this is coming from a guy that does not like the Steelers. Like, in my sports fandom, like, you know, I, I understand our relationship with the Roonies and all of that at this radio station. I'm not going <laughs> to. I think Pat will get over it. Don't worry. <laughs> Even though he doesn't give a damn what I say uh-huh. about his organization. <laughs> but. I just, as a fan of football, I've always had some kind of hatred towards the Steelers, but they beat me into submission into feeling like I have to respect them 
because of the competence every year. I respect a team that can, like, again, no losing seasons through 15 years, always being relevant. And then his ability to, even that year where Roethlisberger was hurt and he had Duck Hodges throwing passes, <laughs> still not a losing season. So right now, in terms of wins, Mike Tomlin is 20th all-time, 153. He's dead even with Steve Owen. He's one behind Joe Gibbs. Bud Grant is just a couple of wins ahead of him. Mm. Then you've got Holmgren, Coughlin, Parcells. I mean, Parcells at 172, but it took him 19 seasons. Yeah. Mike Tomlin, 15 seasons for 153. He'll catch him. He'll catch him pretty soon. And the, the other thing is Mike Tomlin's not that old. No. Like, he might he could coach for another 15, 20 years, and I wouldn't blink an eye. Right now, is Mike Tomlin an all-time great coach? 15 straight years, non-losing season, clinched it last night. Nobody's ever done that. Not Shula, not Belichick, not Schottenheimer, not Reed, no one. Mike Tomlin's the only one who can claim that. He is now top 20 in wins all time. And next week, he can actually leapfrog himself into 19th all time and tie Joe Gibbs. But he doesn't strike me as an all-time great head coach. I think he's good. I think he's good. But I think we really judge him once Ben is gone for good. Yeah. I think we judge him once Ben is gone for good. Do you think, I mean, Theo, do you think that, but, that Mike Tomlin is an all-time great coach? Because he's sort of been caping for I him. I definitely feel like Mike Tomlin has to be considered an all-time great coach. Because if we're going to do that, if we're going to say let's wait until he gets, gets off of his Hall of Fame quarterback. First off, Ben Roethlisberger is a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yes, he, he will be inducted into the Hall of Fame. He hasn't been that for about three or four years. Even in his last good year, it had probably more to do with the fact that he was throwing to one of the greatest receivers of all time and just literally targeting him 20 times a game in Antonio Brown than it did with Ben Roethlisberger's ability to be a, a high-level quarterback. Like He hasn't been – like, when's the last time you remember Ben Roethlisberger being a guy that – you're afraid of if you're a team lineup. Consistently, it's been almost a handful of years. It's been a while. Like, nobody fears Ben Roth. It's almost a good thing. They probably are chomping at the bit. No, but he still could could throw out a 320, 330-yard passing game occasionally, and yeah. uh, you'd have to respect him because of his size. He's always been one of the more difficult quarterbacks in the NFL to, to sack and to get to because he's had decent offensive lines. They no longer have a great offensive line, but he's yeah. so huge. He's gigantic. He will deliver punishment. And, yeah, he's been hurt by injuries, but the the going from Ben to Mason Rudolph – that's still a steep drop off. Well, he did it already, and they went like what eight and eight, and then he ended up benching Mason Rudolph because <laughs> he didn't want to see him anymore. He's terrible. They're gonna have to find a quarterback for sure this offseason. Like there, this is a critical spot for Mike Tomlin. I just I haven't seen enough yet to say all time great for me to say ah, there's he, he's Andy Reid. Well, is Pete Carroll an all time great? I think that's on the fence as well. I don't I don't think I think Russell Wilson has carried him a lot. Hmm. I think Russell Wilson has carried his water a lot. I mean, I know he built those defenses up early on. That and that's when him. they got That's when they got the Super Bowls. But I'm talking about over the past seven, eight years. Like, what what has he done? Ever since the Legion of Boom or whatever you want to call it kind of faded out, like, what has But he don't forget, Pete Carroll was responsible for Russell Wilson, too. Ben Roethlisberger was inherited. 
was Pete Carroll Pete Carroll's the one who brought in Russell Wilson. He had already signed a huge, huge, huge free agent quarterback and decided that, you know what, I spent all that money, but I'm going to go with the rookie. Who was that again? Out Matt of Wisconsin. Flynn? Matt Flynn. Don't give me Because he had the one good week 17 <laughs> yeah, with the Packers. I remember that. Yeah, the huge quarterback signing of Matt Flynn. Yeah, I'm sure. But I'm talking, it was big money. It was big, it was big solid. money. And I it, mean. And it's not like he went out on a limb to get Russell Wilson. He drafted him in the third round. I okay. mean. But he still had the guts to go with him out of training camp then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this Russell Wilson spindly... was that good. Did, did he have the guts to do it, or was Russell Wilson better than Matt Flynn? Like, how hard was that? Matt Flynn was the one with the money. But Mike Tomlin, <laughs> is he an all-time great head coach? Is Mike Tomlin an all-time great head coach? Again, he's done something no other coach has ever done. Yeah. Last night, 15 straight non-losing seasons. So you but say no. I say no. I think he's good, but there's a big difference between good and all-time great. Mm. And I think Pete Carroll, if you want to sort of – to compare resumes, I think Pete Carroll's, just the way that he constructed the Seahawks, you give him a little bit of an edge over Mike Tomlin. That's not coaching. That's also uh, imagining and building a roster as well. I mean, yeah, but that's that's more like, okay, Pete Carroll might be a better GM, but Mike Tomlin didn't have, like, the Steelers' structure is different. Mike Tomlin is an all-time great head coach. 888-760-3776. 888 888- Seven six zero three seven seven six. As always, you can hit us up on social media at ESPN West Palm. Yeah, Ben Roethlisberger got all the the shine last night. He got all the discussion and the talking points directed at him last night. But I think the discussion more, and Theo thinks the discussion is more around Mike Tomlin. Because Ben Roethlisberger, we're going to watch him walk into the sunset, it appears, his final game in Pittsburgh last night. Mm. But Mike Tomlin, is he an all-time great head coach? If you look at his resume, is Mike Tomlin an all-time great head coach? Or is he just good, like I think? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And on Twitter, at ESPN West Palm. And you know what's great? There's no disputing that. All-time great is the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Dr. Jim Reardon, he is great in his own right. He has built a juggernaut in Boca Raton. It's the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. It's your pathway to the sports industry. Right now, you can sign up for remote classes during the summer. That's right. There are summer semester courses. You take them online at fau.edu slash MBA Sport. Well, Ken, how come they're, this is an all-time great program? Uh, well, it's because uh, you become infinitely more hireable with an MBA in sport management from Florida Atlantic. Uh, the proof is there you have so many students that have gotten their dream job in sports because they have gone through the FAU MBA sport management program you can take courses in Boca on campus or online uh, it, it's it's honestly it is the way that you pursue a dream and you can do it at any age but it also is proof that there is a spot in the sports industry for you because professors are in the sports industry. They are teaching first-hand knowledge, and they're preparing you better than anybody. It's the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, the title partner of Ken Levick Alive, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash MBA Sport. Theo Dorsey says, Mike Tomlin, that guy, all-time great. He's clinched it. He's shown it. Nothing more to prove. Me? I think he's good. Is Mike Tomlin an all-time great head coach? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And tweet at us, won't you? At ESPN West Palm. We'll take your calls when we come back. I'm Kelly Vick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. 
From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken LaVica. Mike Tomlin, is he an all-time great head coach? He's good. He's good. And it is so rare to see one guy with one team. And the Steelers, they don't, they don't change coach. Ever. Like they just don't do it. Um, but Mike Tomlin's never really, up until the last couple of years, I don't think even been in a discussion where uh, he, he's struggling. We, we, don't, we don't want him back. Even though Steelers fans uh, were not happy. And I was actually at PBKC for draft night this past season when uh, it was announced that Mike Tomlin got a contract extension and there were some upset Steelers fans. Like, I know now Steelers fans are a little bit eh on Mike Tomlin because he's going to end up missing the playoffs four or six seasons. Mm. But it's recently, just recently, have people been like, have Steelers fans been like, oh, I don't know if, if Tomlin's the guy. There's something to be said for that. If Tomlin's the guy or not? Yeah. I don't know. It's like he's gone that long without you're right. people questioning his job. It's gone. It's it's been 15 years, but again, he hasn't had a a terrible year. And one of his worst years was the year where Roethlisberger was out, and he had Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph throwing passes. And I, I just don't know if all of that can be like he's kept them good. Like I know how you said, is he good? Not great. Being good for 15 years. I think that kind of ta- like longevity should credit you into being great. Sure, you think he's just but good. Also, they haven't evolved much off of what they were 13 years ago. The last time they won a Super Bowl, like they they have never been able to find their way back over the hump. They got to one more Super Bowl that was 11 years ago, and since then it's just been win a wild card game, get to a divisional game and lose one and done the wild card, lose to the Browns last year, yeah. and now your Hall of Fame quarterback is 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 leaving. Your Hall of Fame quarterback, that looks like it's a, it's a done deal. And I'm going to make this declaration right now. Ben Roethlisberger is the greatest Steelers quarterback of all time. Woo! Sorry, Steelers fans. Sorry, Terry Bradshaw fans. Actually, Ben Roethlisberger is the best Steelers quarterback of all time, and it's not close. Mm. It's not close. That's and that, I'll explain why in a second. It's that, not even close, Theo. Uh, it's not even close. Ken Levick alive. Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel Five, WFLX Fox Twenty Nine. Are you on TV tonight? By the way, I am on TV tonight. All right, so we'll I see am. Theo's face on TV. Ten and eleven. Tune in. Got you until two o'clock here on ESPN One Hundred Six Three. Theo doing double duty on this Tuesday. Is Mike Tomlin an all-time great? Head coach, because all the focus was on Ben last night. But Mike Tomlin pulled off 15 straight years without a losing record last night. Only coach ever to do that in his first 15 years as a head coach. That's pretty damned remarkable. But I still don't think it's enough to call him an all-time great. Well, Theo, he's on the all-time great train. Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. Tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. Is Mike Tomlin an all-time great head coach? Derek. Gets us going on the phones in West Palm. What's up, Derek? I think absolutely he is. He, just just like you said, 15 years without a losing record. He's had every time that, that Roethlisberger goes down, there's Duck Hodges or, or Mason Rudolph to cover, and they lose those games. You see the differences? Or he wins them those games. It's not, it's not just because of the quarterback he's had. And for, for the years with... Uh, with Pete Carroll, I think he gets the respect because of the college years too. I don't think it just he's a great coach because just his NFL 
his NFL uh, career. It spans two different levels. The extra love. Sure, I think that there's, the love. there's probably some legitimacy to that, and somewhere and appreciate the call. Somewhere in my subconscious, I'm giving Pete Carroll more credit than he deserves for Seattle because of what he did at USC. Maybe what, there's something to that. What he did at USC, I mean, I think it shouldn't factor into what he is as a pro coach, but what he did at USC was electrifying and great. Like especially for me, that was my childhood. Like watching those teams, all the credit in the world. But when it comes to pro football. Mike Tomlin, 15 years, no losing seasons. And he's, de- I feel like, again, you think what I'm starting to realize here is your angle on Mike Tomlin is a little bit shaded because you think of Ben Roethlisberger as maybe yes. being greater than what he is. Yes, Ben Roethlisberger. And you need to separate how you feel about him for all the off the field garbage. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, whether it's the, the rape allegations or the motorcycle accidents and just being all around dumb and in off seasons, ED and not workout E and things like that. Yeah. Uh, but you need to separate that from his performance on the field. Yeah, I think that Mike Tomlin inherited a true, sure thing, first ballot Hall of Famer, and a guy who did things with his build at that quarterback position that we had never seen before. I think you're you're right that Ben Roethlisberger is a Hall of Fame quarterback. You're wrong that he's the best Steelers quarterback of all time. So you give that to Terry Bradshaw. I'd still give it to him. I thought he had three Super Bowls. You reminded me he has four, four Super four. Bowl wins. And I would argue, like, Ben Roethlisberger did everything in his in his ability in that first Super Bowl to lose it. They had to take the ball out of his hands in order for the Steelers to secure that win. And then, you know, they get the win against the Cardinals. And then when Mike Tomlin leads his quarterback into a Super Bowl against Aaron Rodgers, a supreme talent on another stratosphere than Ben Roethlisberger, you saw how that panned out for him. And I think that the Steelers' struggles in the past – decade or so since then, I guess. That was, what, 2009, yeah. 2010? Yep. Has been a lot due to the limitations, I would say, of Ben Roethlisberger. He's carried that offense here and there, and he had the Antonio Brown years, but I think if he was good, especially in these past four years, I mean, maybe but they would have But I think you, you are giving credit to Mike Tomlin for the personalities that he was able to juggle in the rock, locker room, whether it be Antonio Brown or Le'Veon Bell. Guess who actually was on the field playing with those guys on the same side of the ball? Like that's Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. He was able to keep those guys happy, especially A.B., for the most part. There weren't public spats between Ben and those guys. And so I just feel like in that spot, uh, you've, you've got to give Ben credit, too, is that he was able to bring out the best. Antonio Brown's never been the same since he was on the Steelers. Well, he also is a little older. And, and honestly, with the Bucks, I think he's been as ta- like he was as good. It just was less balls being thrown to him. He's, his talent has not been maximized the way that it was with Ben. He's a little out of his prime, though. I mean, what are, he's an aging receiver. Let's not do that. I mean, yeah, Ben had him when he was like 25 years For old. For you to be able to function in an offense with those guys and those personalities that can get sour very quickly and still put together winning years and have some of the best offenses that we've seen in modern-day football, that's saying something, right? Like, fine, Tomlin was able to juggle them in the locker room. Yeah. Ben Roethlisberger... Help them succeed and produce when they were always, I'm sure, at his throat. Give me the ball. Give me the ball. Give me the ball. You might be right about that. Antonio Brown might have been a hassle to deal with, but also you see that even you yesterday were arguing teams would line up to sign Antonio Brown right now because yeah. of the talent he yeah. is. Yeah. And this is washed Antonio Brown. Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger had Antonio Brown. We're talking 110 catches and 1,500 yards and 10 touchdowns, bare minimum yeah. per year. And that's because he would heave it to him 20 times a game. Like, And even like... 
I'm not saying, again, Ben Roethlisberger is a Hall of Fame quarterback. And, yes, we have to, if we're talking just football, forget the off-the-field stuff because a lot of that is despicable. On the field, as a quarterback, he's a Hall of Famer. The longevity, I have to give him credit. And he did put up some pretty good stats. Like, he has some solid numbers aside from what you see from Terry Bradshaw. Yeah, so we'll get to that in a second. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Mike Tomlin is an all-time great head coach. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Theo says, yeah, I think he's just good. I think he's good, and that's fine. That'll be enough to get him into Canton eventually. But is he an all-time great? You don't think first ballot? I don't think so. I don't think first ballot. I don't Mm. think right now he's first ballot. I don't. I think that he'll eventually get there, but I don't think he's a first ballot uh, coaching entry into Canton. Is Mike Tomlin an all-time great head coach? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And again, tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. Michetti tweets, he definitely deserves his flowers. It'll be interesting to see how they navigate through the post-Ben era. That's what I'm saying. I need to see a little bit of Tomlin post-Ben where Ben's not even in a presence. I know he's been hurt. I know you've had the the Duck Hodges and the, the Mason Rudolph stints, but without Ben, period, where you don't have him as a fallback anymore. You don't have him as an option coming out of training camp. What do the Steelers become? Because they are in a dire situation, it appears, at that position. Well, let me throw some scenarios at you then. Like, this offseason, some of the quarterbacks that are on the board, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. maybe, even though I think he might be going back at this point. But it's a popular rumor that Aaron Rodgers would go to the Steelers. Yeah, like, if he gets one of those guys, I mean, we're talking about immediately a Super Bowl contender again. Well, he's got to, then that's on Tomlin. He's got to. Yeah, it will be a lot on Tomlin, but for him to also, again, they got to reshape the roster a little bit. But they already got Claypool, Deontay Johnson, and Juju still on the roster. They might, I think he might be in a contract year, yeah. Juju. But either way, they have weapons on offense. They have Najee Harris and a running back who's, in his second year, but you know, the prime of a running back, he might be in his prime right now because he might have two or three more years left, but but however that goes, I think that the Steelers are primed if they get a good quarterback in there, good to elite. You know, Roethlisberger has been holding them back the past few years. I think the post-Roethlisberger you know, era started in 2019, even with Roethlisberger there. Really? He even though they got good. off to, I mean, they got off to a, what, an 8 0, 9 0 start last year? Yeah, that was the defense. You remember that. <laughs> and it was all Fugazi. <laughs> and, that's, and they fell out because the offense was incompetent at that shift. Like, uh, on Twitter, Jayco, uh, he tweets with that resume, first ballot Hall of Famer. First ballot. Mike Tomlin. He's top 20 I think all that's time a in stretch. wins. I really think that's a stretch. He has a Super Bowl win. He's top 20 all-time in wins. I mean, what else do you are you looking for out of him? And he just did something unprecedented with 15 straight years with no losing season. Uh, David Reynolds tweets, absolutely, he's an all-time great coach. Chuck Kenyon says, yes, he's an all-time great coach. David Altarian tweets, he gets some respect, honestly, for putting up with Brown for as long as he did. Yeah. A.B. Yeah. That's still, that is a Herculean feat. That is, I mean, for him, to, and it was weird because out of nowhere, Brown kind of became a problem, but you wonder how long it was lingering in that locker room, like how many years before, because some of his antics just look fun. Like the helicopter at training camp, we laughed. Yeah. And then things started getting more and more ridiculous in the public sphere. Yeah, that's, I totally forgot about that. You're yeah. right. I forgot about the, the helicopter. The, the helicopter. <laughs> he, used to do, he used to do wild stuff here. You know, when I realized he might be a problem, it was the uh, Facebook Live in the locker room after one of those wins where he was like Facebook living through Tomlin's speech, I was like, all right, that's weird. That's not going to be well received. Yeah, I was like. That's a problem. That, that doesn't seem very Steelers-y to me. Yeah. And then he's gone in like a year. I just, for me, in the modern day NFL, for a coach like Tomlin to be like, um, 
yeah, we don't need we don't need music at practice. That's weird. Like that's that's whack. I mean, you can't be crotchety in this NFL. You can't be crotchety. And I don't think that that counts against him, whether or not he's a good coach or an all-time great coach or whatever. But I also think it's not a great tact. Is he still take. on that? Like, no, yeah, he's been on it. Yeah, there's absolutely. still no music at practice. Yeah, I don't think so. Point? I don't think so. I haven't been at Steelers practice, but and I don't think so. Is is Mike Tomlin all-time great head coach? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. By the way, you want to hear some uh, quarterback numbers real quick before we head back to the phones? I would Here we love go. that. All right. So my contention is Ben Roethlisberger is the best damned quarterback the Steelers have ever had. And I don't think it's even close. And you think I'm crazy, right? I know for sure. But I, th- <laughs> I thought that before you said that. Uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> Friday Night Lights, I know he's not on board with me here. A quarterback uh, showing appreciation to an old man quarterback. But Terry Bradshaw in his career, 14 years with the, with the Steelers, okay? 14-year NFL career. 27,989 total yards, okay? That's a good number. 51.9% passer was Terry Bradshaw. Completion. Okay, that's completion percentage, 51.9%. 212 touchdowns to 210 interceptions. Oh, he has more. In his career. (laughs) Two more. Four Super Bowl championships for Terry Bradshaw, okay? So, he's a Hall of Famer. The four Super Bowl titles... That's hard to do. That's rare air. There's only a handful of quarterbacks that have achieved that number of Super Bowl titles, okay? So, again, just remember these numbers. 27,989 total yards and a 51.9% completion percentage, okay? okay? 212 touchdowns, 210 interceptions. Ben Roethlisberger, 18 years, same team, battled injuries the last four pretty significantly. 63,844 yards. So a few more. Just a few more. Almost 40,000 more. (laughs) No big deal. NBD. 64.4% passer compared to the 51.9% for Terry Bradshaw. 417 touchdown passes to the same number of interceptions that Bradshaw had in his career. 210. 417 to 210 for Roethlisberger. Are you about to do the math on that? Uh, no. Okay. No, I, you, I, 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 think, I don't think I need the math because I think all that <laughs> stuff stands alone. Okay. So the numbers show that Ben Roethlisberger, the only you forgot, metric. You forgot a number. One of the most important numbers when we What's judge that? quarterbacks. The Super Bowl wins. Well, I said, okay, okay two. two. Roethlisberger won two. Okay. To Terry Bradshaw's four. But that's the only metric in which Terry Bradshaw has a leg up on Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger holds the NFL record for most career 500-yard passing games with four. Most completions in a regular or postseason game with 47. Most passing yards in a relief appearance at 379. Most passing oh. yards in consecutive postseason games with what, 970. What kind of stat is that, Ken? Most touchdown passes in a two-game span, 12. Most yards in a relief? Go back to that one. What are yeah, we doing? most yards We're in a relief appearance, 379. He came out of the bullpen and he threw up for 379, <laughs> man. so ridiculous. Come on. They find any stat. I can't that's, wait until I retire. That's what I'm talking about. Mike Tomlin inherited the greatest quarterback in the rich history of the Pittsburgh Steelers franchise. Uh, it's why he's good and not necessarily all-time great. 888-760-3776. Wow. 888-760-3776. And on Twitter at ESPN West Palm is Mike Tomlin, an all-time great quarterback by your definition. Let's go to Boynton. That's where Phil is. What's going on, Phil? 
Lee from Lee West Palm. Hey, how you doing? Oh, hey, Lee. Sorry <laughs> about that. We were calling you Phil and in Boynton. Sorry, Lee. What's going on, man? That's, that's okay. Just uh, in, in response to the Mike Tomlin thing, obviously, I mean, he's, he's a great coach, um, all-time great. I think he should be up there. In my opinion, would you ask? Would you consider like a Tony Dungy the same thing? He has a Super Bowl, a very similar record, winning percentage-wise. Yeah, I, I I would probably put Tony Dungy in that all-time great category because he helped build up one franchise that was on the precipice of a title and then went to another franchise and ended up winning a title and beating the consensus GOAT to do it. But, but, right, but I agree with you, but being in, both those guys, don't, unfortunately, were in the AFC, had to suffer the Tom brady Belichick situation. But if you also, like you said, you consider that when you think about what Tony Dungy did, he also, we say how... He inherited Ben, ben Roethlisberger. He also had <laughs> inherited Peyton Manning. He had Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison, Edwin James, a bunch of Hall of Famers as well. That, that was helpful. And Jim Caldwell did bring the, that same Colts team back to a Super Bowl. The, the great Jim Caldwell. We appreciate the call. Uh, I just I think Dungy gets a little bit more benefit of the doubt because he he did it two different places and it was almost like football karma for him with what he built in Tampa with those defenses yeah. with Monty Kiffin uh, and then he doesn't get the chance to to see that through inheriting what he inherited with Indianapolis but again he inherited all that with Indy but he still had to go through the Patriots. He yeah, still had to find a way to beat the Patriots. You know, Mike Tomlin had to go through that same Patriots team that you're making so vaunted right now. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, oh, man. But I will agree. I'll, I'll agree with you there. Him building up that Bucks team was it does add a little bit more of an oomph to his uh, resume there. Yeah, for sure. yeah. Be, in, because they were when he left, they were dominant. They were there. Like they were they were just about there. And then Gruden yeah. sort of pushed them uh, over the top. Leo is in Riviera Beach. What's up, Leo? Hey, Ken. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, Theo. Uh, I just want to say, you know, Ken is the only former Dolphins beat reporter to ever have a two-hour show on 106.3 <laughs> that started on January 3rd, 2022. Right. So History, baby. Just want to throw a stat at It's my own relief appearance. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so we're doing stats. This <laughs> we're nitpicking stats. Thank you, <laughs> I, had to, I had to throw it out there. So. I love it. But uh, I definitely think uh, Tomlin is up there with all-time coaches just because anytime you can – uh, take any he think about all the teams that he's had if you take you know the down years what they thought there was going to be down years and and you could still turn that into a winning record I really think that speaks to the coaching aspect you, you know as a, as a Dolphins fan we see how how bad coaching and bad coaching decisions can set your franchise back years and uh, Tomlin Tomlin seems to be you know he's a good captain of the ship so I think he's one of the greatest coaches of all time Appreciate the call, Leo. I will give. I will. I will say this about. And I'm not. I'm not trying to like crap on Mike Tomlin. Like I think I'm. Yeah, you said he's good. Yeah, he's good. He's good. And I. I think he's a Hall of Famer. Not a first ballot Hall of Famer, but a Hall of Famer. I mean, that's still saying something too. If someone said, "Hey, Ken, you're an 80th ballot Radio Hall of Famer," I'd say, "You know what? That's awesome. <laughs> that's nice. That's great. I'll be long dead. Yeah. I'll be dust in the ground. But you know what? Good. That's fine. My my grandkids can enjoy it. All good. Um, but I just. I, I'm having a hard time talking myself into all-time great. All-time great. But Mike Tomlin has done such a superb job of disciplining, like keeping discipline in locker rooms that did not have any reason to stay quiet and productive and competent. That is saying something. Yeah. I think that's a component to it. Because I think a lot of teams, their biggest their biggest issue and why things splinter it's because the egos get completely, completely 
out of control. And let's not forget Ben's ego and immaturity. Oh, yeah, it's not and small. All it, like, he had to deal with Ben as well, this, yeah. this all-time great quarterback that you're lifting up. Is money. <laughs> hey, the numbers don't lie, Theo. He has the most relief yards ever at 379. <laughs> is Mike Tomlin an all-time great quarterback? We still got calls to get nope. to. 888-760-3776. Uh, we'll go ahead and uh, make sure we load up the phones here, and I'll give you a chance to hear about Pat Lawler. Lawler and Associates personal injury attorneys. He's my guy, Pat Lawler. He'll join us this week. He's our sports agent insider, our sports law insider. He has spent a long time representing some of the biggest names in the NFL. That's Pat Lawler, Lawler and Associates personal injury attorneys. Free consultation. Wanttolawyerup.com. Wanttolawyerup.com. He wants to help you, whether it's a slip and fall, a boating accident, an automobile accident. Maybe you uh, fell through a railing in Washington uh, on Sunday. The guy to call is Pat Lawler. Lawler and Associates, personal injury attorneys. Wanttolawyerup.com. That's wanttolawyerup.com. Give Pat Lawler and the folks a call at Lawler and Associates, personal injury attorneys. That man on my left, Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. He's pretty. I'm Ken Lavica. I'm Harry, and I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken LaVica. Hey, if you want to get through South Florida easily, you might want to pick and choose when to bring your car out because traffic is exhausting it's always crowded. It's always bumper to bumper. 95, turnpike, side streets. It doesn't matter. But luckily, there is an alternative, and it is Brightline. Brightline back and better than ever. With new restaurant station upgrades, their new Brightline Plus service to get you to and from stations. Going car-free, carefree in South Florida, it is easier than ever. Trains running daily between West Palm, Fort Lauderdale, and Miami. And right now, groups of four more can save $25 on smart fares. Just enter the code all aboard on the Brightline app or go to gobrightline.com. Get your discount whether riding with family, friends, or colleagues. Plus, kids under the age of 12 get to ride the Brightline for free with the purchase of an adult ticket. Free. You can't beat that. Download the Brightline app. Visit gobrightline.com and enjoy Brightline. It's back and better than ever in 2022. And if one of your resolutions was to lower your stress to make your life easier if you're not using Brightline then you actually don't care about your New Year's resolution go brightline.com use Brightline and make sure you're actually following that New Year's resolution and trying to help yourself be more stress free speaking of uh, of, of stress free and by the way you can still weigh in Mike Tomlin is he an all time great head coach 888-760-3776 888-760-3776 or tweeted us at ESPN West Paul. Speaking of uh, stress-free, though, uh, Theo, congratulations on buying a uh, a new home, buddy. Man, appreciate it. it Are it, you? Is this first-time homeowner for you? First-time homeownership, and boy, will I tell you, it is the opposite of stress-free. At least right now, yeah. Like the yeah. build-up process to it's buying, not fun, man. Yeah, and getting the house ready to move in has been a lot. Like but. and and uh, so you have a a, a significant other too yep. that is part of this process, and so. Like it's it's one thing, and my wife and I went through this. It's one thing to like be like, hey, we're gonna go in this together, and it, we're 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 a, a good team. We're gonna manage this. But then when decisions have to start being uh, made, 
then it's easy for that team to splinter. You need a Mike Tomlin yeah. in there to like keep the locker room I together. Need, I, I'm it's gonna hire him. Huff, yeah. Man. And you did it during the holidays too, bro. It was tough, man. I don't, I don't know how you handled that. You talk about Boca Bowl stuff leading up, uh, the Orange Bowl stuff. I had to go do holidays where I had to go back home be with family. Closing on the house. We just closed what on the 29th of December. <laughs> So, and now we're out here remodeling the house and all of that because she wants these things to look so perfectly in her vision. She's So, wait, are you annoyed? Creative. Are you annoyed by it? I'm not annoyed. What's I just your have to obey. But so, what is your, <laughs> what's your like? Because we all know that dude aesthetic and yeah. what is allowed is much different than female aesthetic and what is allowed. So, for me, I'm sloppy. I don't care. I was a guy with posters on the wall up until I was like 25 years old. Yeah. Okay. So, I don't care. I would be perfectly fine with a mattress on the floor, uh, with uh, with a, a, a TV and uh, a PlayStation. Like I'm good. Yeah. And then, but luckily, I don't live like that anymore because I met a wife. Right. She okay? straightened you out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> um, but I still have those tendencies where. I'll just be as dumpy as possible. I don't care. She's the one that things need to be particular. We have plants here, artwork here, 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 here. Like, where do you sit on that? Are, are you are you someone that likes a little bit of a design, or are you a little dumpy like me? Uh, my thing is, I can deal with it being very chill. Like, like maybe not as dumpy as you, because you you said mattress on the floor. I might need yeah, a little no, that's box dumpy. frame. And a okay, little, all right. So, so you need at least upgrade to a box frame. Yeah, I, I need certain things in place. But when it comes hmm. to the design thing, like she's literally an art creative, like. She does this. Oh, that's like her thing. She, yeah. Oh, she okay. Does, so, so you're really standing back. I'm up against it. Like, I have to, like, so she's like, these two floors not going to work. I don't like the way the light balances off of it. I'm having to paint three rooms and a bathroom. I'm having to get tile up. Like, I'm doing flooring. It is a lot. But I trust her because I've seen the product of what she's done. She's All right. good. All right. All right. It's going to hurt my wallet. But Yeah, it's work. so you're taking out the credit card. Yeah. But you're just letting her go off. That's probably the right approach to take, though. Yeah, because it's either that or, or, you know, or have to deal with the back and forth of it. You know how, like, it's just, like, not worth it. It's just like, you know what? You, if the, if you say that floor doesn't let in enough light, yeah. then maybe it doesn't. I'll just right. get a new floor. Right, like, right, it's right. whatever. <laughs> it's fun, though. It's oh, fun, though, man. I love fun. it. I absolutely love it. Um, uh, the the, uh, the fact that, that Monday Night Football is done, I mean, last night was, was it for the season. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty pumped about it. Like, I like coming home and being able to watch football, but everything's just too damn late for me. Like, it, 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 right now, I at least know Monday nights I'm going to be able to go home and I can get a good night's rest because I'm not going to be up till 11.30 watching football. I can't do it anymore. I'm old and I'm washed. I'm old and I'm tired. Yeah. And it's almost a relief when I no longer have to sit up. And what it becomes a, and Josh talks about this all the time, Like, ah, you shouldn't consider something you love work. All right. I think there's a couple of different exceptions for that, though. Like, I love talking about football. I love talking about basketball. I love talking about baseball. I love doing radio. Part of the reason that I still love it is because I'm doing it at noon. (laughs) Like, that's great. I'm awake. Sun's out. Things are good. It's when and when it being in sports starts to feel arduous is when you feel an obligation to watch as much as you can and those things that you're watching last until midnight Mm. and you're 37 and you're washed and you know you have girls they're going to be up at at 6 30 in the morning 
I, I can't. It's a relief that Monday Night Football is over for me, and it's going to be a relief when Sunday Night Football is done next I, week. You know what? That's my problem. Monday Night Football is not a problem for me because I don't have to wait until Monday Night Football goes off to do my job. For me, yeah. Sunday Night Football has been the bane of my existence. <laughs> the bane of your existence. Oh, I, yeah, that's true. You're yeah. at the TV studio. You're I'm live, at, man. I'm sitting at the TV studio, and think about some of the Sunday Night games we've had. Remember the Chiefs-Bills yeah. game with the like rain delay or yeah. lightning delays? I had to sit in the office through all of those, the, and even the bad <laughs> game. Even like last last Sunday night's game was like a terrible game, but it lasted a long time. Man, that is weak. I'll send those like recap emails at like 1.30 a.m., and everybody's like, did you literally just – I literally just left the office. Yeah, that's brutal. It's that fun. That is not a life for me, and that's why Theo is the pride of TV. Theo Dorsey, <laughs> WPTV News Channel 5. I'm Ken Levicka. Uh, we'll come back. Listening lunch on the way. Ken Levicka live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken LaVica. Hey, word of advice. Just a word of advice. If, you have, uh, if you've slept with a woman outside of your relationship and uh, you, uh, you father a child with that other woman, I bet... I bet that the original woman, the the baby mama number one, we'll call her, I bet she probably doesn't appreciate the apology done <laughs> over Instagram story. Yeah. <laughs> like Tristan Thompson did. Uh, Tristan Thompson, who, by the way, I totally forgot was the Sacramento King. Totally forgot until yeah. he knocked up uh, an IG influencer. And now uh, uh, he has to apologize, and he apologized to Khloe Kardashian on Instagram. So this is again. This is this is me so unsolicited advice for all of my male friends out there. If you father a child outside of your current relationship, don't apologize to baby mama one via Instagram. Okay. Here's my question though: Did he apologize like that to her because she blocked him on everything, I or know. I mean, like, what was his thought process? But is he trying to get sympathy? Like, is that what he's trying to do? Well, is Does he think he's getting sympathy by publicly acknowledging this on Instagram? I think he's just an idiot. Oh, he is an idiot. <laughs> he's an idiot. That guy, I have, I mean, I've known a lot of dogs in my life. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they just can't, they can't stop. They can't stop no matter what happens. Stone right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, I, there was legitimately a guy in college that I knew that, like, he woke up on like a Sunday morning. And he's like, oh, man, I don't, I don't feel real good. I had ended up going getting, like, you know where I'm going with this. He yeah, ended up yeah. going getting some pills, getting that taken care of. Uh, then a month later, he's just doing the same stuff. Yeah. Learn a lesson, you know? Tristan Thompson, how many times has he gotten himself in trouble with, with photographs, uh, with him with other women, uh, and now he's knocked up another woman? And, and it's, it's also one of the most famous women on the planet. Who he is sneaking around on. Yeah. On the planet. Like, that's not going to come. It's like, the Kardashians are as locked in as <laughs> anybody on, like, social media and gossip and all of that stuff. That's like the, they're like the 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 first women of America. They're like yeah. the first women they're of the world. They're our royal family. Yeah, they're our royal family. So, here's the Tristan Thompson Instagram apology. That I'm sure Chloe loved to see, for all to see. <laughs> I know. Like, oh, great. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, I'm, I'm glad that he addressed this. I know me, Ken Lavica. 
I tell you what a relief it was for me to uh, to see the uh, the public apology. Today, paternity test results revealed that I fathered a child. I take full responsibility for my actions. Now that paternity has been established, I look forward to amicably raising our son. See, this is where he's like looking for yeah. He's looking for some sympathy here. Like, oh, what a good guy. Yeah, he's going to stay in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to hang around. I sincerely apologize to everyone I've hurt or disappointed throughout this ordeal, both publicly and privately, which I'm now making very public. Yeah, now publicly. Chloe. You don't deserve this. You don't deserve the heartache and humiliation I've caused you. You don't deserve the way I've treated you over the years. My actions certainly have not lined up with the way I view you. Listen, if your actions are over and over and over and over again, that's how you view yeah. the person, not like how you say you view the person. Sorry, Tristan. Uh-uh. I have the utmost respect and love for you. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. Regardless of what you may think, Again, I'm so incredibly sorry. Maybe, so that'll make it all better. It's good. Well, you want a stand-up guy. Maybe it's New Year, New Him. He has the utmost respect going forward. <laughs> yeah, going forward. He didn't have the utmost yeah. respect nine months ago <laughs> like, or 18 months ago or 24 months ago. Yeah. Or, but now you're right. It's his resolution. Now I have respect for Chloe now that I got caught. Yeah. And the science has confirmed it. That's just like that guy's a joke. Man. Yeah, like that's like when you're in, in court, you know, like, hey, look, I regret. I regret I am burglarizing so sorry. all of those houses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna do it again. Right. <laughs> I've learned my lesson. I have nothing but the utmost respect for my fellow man. Yeah, of course. Tristan I I am not perfect by any stretch, okay? Yeah. And I don't like to judge. But I do know. It seems like every six months, there's new photographs of a woman walking into a hotel with Tristan Thompson while he's on the road, or Tristan Thompson cozying up to a woman at the club, uh. Uh, or Chloe, me reading a story about Chloe Kardashian wanting to kick him to the curb, and yet that still happens. Like, dude, get a damn clue. It's weird. Get a clue. But also, it's Tristan freaking Thompson. Yeah, so that's another thing. What is the allure of Tristan Thompson? Uh. Like, I honestly, I get Pete Davidson. I, I sort of used him as an example yesterday. Yeah. Um, but Pete Davidson, to me, like, he, uh, he keeps dating Kim Kardashian. Right. He keeps dating Kira Knightley. He keeps getting uh, Ariana, Ariana Grande. Grande. That's, that's impressive. And he's not good looking. He's not a good looking guy. He's pale and sickly and just weird looking. But he's like a bad boy. He's mysterious. Yeah, yeah. He's like, but he's also funny. He's hilarious. He's and hilarious. Humor goes a long way. I'm no dating expert either. I don't want people to construe this like like Ken is uh, trying to come off as some sort of like dating expert. Okay. This is your second straight day giving dating advice though, or talking dating. Because I I've at least experienced enough where I think I can be a wise sage on this or at least help guide people don't go. take my advice but take my guidance there's a difference between the two okay but funny humor that helps women are inherently drawn to that tristan thompson's not funny he's not tristan thompson's not good at his profession he's not he's not good he's on the kings and he's yeah. not playing them. i get he has money but like I don't, I don't, I still don't think that there are a ton of women who are like, oh, he has a ton of money, so knock me up. No. 
I mean, yeah, no, no, no. But no, do you want to be dealing wanna... with Tristan Thompson as your 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 baby daddy? I, I think they do. So here's the thing: the money thing, definitely. There's women out there who would love to be knocked up by Tristan Thompson because of the money. But well, also, me, I'd also, if I could, if yeah. I was capable, <laughs> do we get knocked I, up? I want to be perfectly clear about this. <laughs> I would be okay, but I also have no standards. I have no morals. I would be more. Then, uh, then okay with Tristan Thompson knocking me up. He would carry his child for nine months for the money. Aspect. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. I'd marry him. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> oh my gosh! Kid but again, alive. we just gave you your second hour. Yeah, just yesterday. But this is how I know that Tristan Thompson doesn't care about Khloe Kardashian. Yeah, it's because like a woman like me, <laughs> yeah, a woman, like a woman me. with traits like me, throws herself out there to him. And he can't help himself. Yeah. And when that happens, you don't actually respect Khloe Kardashian. I would actually have more respect for Tristan Thompson if he came out and he said, yeah, you know, this looks terrible and I screwed up and it shows that I don't have as much respect for you clearly as I have told you I have. Because at least he's being honest at that point. You don't have respect for No, you don't do that and say you have respect for It's all bull crap. It's cap. But I will say, he, he was made by LeBron James and made by Khloe Kardashian, and now he's a thing. Like, my girlfriend... Now he's reaping the benefits. Yeah, my girlfriend doesn't know any NBA players. The fact that she knows Tristan Thompson and what he looks kids. like... Exactly. So, he was made... Like, LeBron James got him that contract. He got him that championship. And then Khloe Kardashian got him the fame got him and the, the clout stuff. Yeah, the and baby clout. Yeah. yeah. Now he's a now he's a celebrity. How sick is that? Tristan Thompson is like a celebrity. Man, what a world, man. No. What he, a world. I'm, I'm sick. But it also, too, it makes me realize, like, I missed my calling. Like, it's too late for me now. Yeah, rebounding and, and passing it back. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> and then, man, it's, hey, the celebrity life, it's good if you can get it. But, but Tristan Thompson's full of crap. Yeah. I mean, he's just full of crap. All right, let's uh, enough of that nonsense. We've turned into TMZ. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3. Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29, as he is every Tuesday hanging with me. Jeanette Javier tomorrow, Friday Night Lights, Stone Labanowitz as we get uh, hour number two underway. Stone running things. It's time now for the listening lunch here on ESPN 106.3. The audio clips you absolutely need to hear. And then we break them down for you all in the listening lunch at the top of the 1 o'clock hour. And so last night, I think, Theo, you can agree, Baker Mayfield, not good. Yeah, not good at at all. Being a quarterback or the commercials? Because I thought the commercials were entertaining. Yeah, he's becoming much, much more proficient at at shooting commercials than he is throwing a football. Great actor. Troublesome for the Browns. But this morning on FS1, you had the uh, the Daily Yell Fest with Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp, and this was their discussion about Baker Mayfield. I saw 127 yards of Baker hurt, sucking it up after he had gotten the you-know-what kicked out of him by getting sacked nine times. Skip, think about what you're doing. You're commending a man that threw for 127 yards. Hurt. 127. He he probably needs surgery tomorrow, and and he may well get it tomorrow or the next day. Skip, he's not in. Hmm. Well, as as that's what you've been saying, but, but you, you, you know, you just discount the fact of what did we see as a rookie and what did we see last year? We saw franchise. Oh, whoa, we whoa, saw. Whoa. I got to agree with Shannon Sharp. Baker ain't it. 
Baker Mayfield gets more credit for his personality than any other player in the NFL. He is so limited, and I'm sorry. If I'm going to have people coming at me every single week about Tua, every single week about Tua, oh, he has a rag arm. Oh, he's not good enough. He can only play in the RPO. Oh, he's only throwing the 7.3 yards per attempt. Oh, he doesn't throw for 300 yards. If I'm going to hear that every single week about Tua, whose team just had a seven-game winning streak snapped, then I damn well start better hearing it about Baker Mayfield. Because that guy, we've seen a body of work, and that body of work, other than a season where there were no fans in the stands at all, it's mediocre to bad. It's nothing over mediocre from Baker Mayfield. Period. He's not it. That's right. <laughs> He's not it. No way. He's legit not it. And and I think the biggest thing for me with Baker Mayfield is he's best when they find ways to take the ball out of his hands, when they find ways to create. Like Kevin Stefanski and the Browns organization, they've done a great job of like trying Hiding to Hiding him. Yeah. And if you have to hide your quarterback in the NFL, like we're not talking about Steph Curry on defense or Trey Young on defense in the NBA. Like we're hiding a quarterback in the NFL and that's troublesome. And, that, and I, they're smart. They haven't paid him. So we're still good. If I see a contract float out there, you know, that's another story. I don't, I, 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 I do not know where Baker Mayfield has gotten this reputation. I mean, I heard Mike Greenberg earlier this year on ESPN 106.3 before the football season say that he thought that the Browns were going to win the Super Bowl. He said it on wow. these airwaves because he trusted that much in Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is not good. Baker Mayfield is a bad quarterback. So much so that if Cleveland had any options and they don't, Nobody's going to want to actually come to Cleveland, though I did propose if two is indeed done with the Dolphins, maybe that becomes a landing place for him because at least he'll be efficient with the football. Yeah. But in in a universe where the Browns had some leverage in the offseason, there were some available names, Baker will be would be going into his final weekend as the Browns quarterback. I think he's that bad. And I understand he's been injured. He's wearing a harness. No, 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 no. His issues had been clearly visible. His lack of accuracy, his poor pocket presence, his uh, inability to uh, find the open man. Those have been out there already, even before the injuries for him. He's not good. Yeah, he's not good. It shows that even a guy like Matthew Stafford, who has struggled, has been doing very well with Odell Beckham Jr. and working him in and getting Mm -hmm. him into the end zone. Like, what was it, like six touchdowns with the Browns and now he already has like five with the Rams? Yeah. Baker Mayfield isn't very good at quarterback. He's not the kind of guy that you're going to like. And the Browns have the infrastructure where if they brought a quarterback in there, they're Super Bowl contenders. Absolutely. Why wouldn't you love having Nick Chubb taking a majority of carries? Baker Mayfield, the pressure, there is so little pressure on him to do the bare minimum because of that running game and because of that O-line. And he has not been able to get it done other than a season last year that, let's be clear, it's becoming increasingly, increasingly obvious. That was a very fluky season last year. There were some teams that I think were good solely because there was no such thing as a road disadvantage a season ago. Yeah, and it's proven out the numbers that the road disadvantage isn't even really in effect this year. But also, that was a Kevin Stefanski year. Like That was a year where he mapped out plays and drew that offense up, and it worked out perfectly 
to where he was getting the ball out of Baker Mayfield's yeah. hands quickly to playmakers. And I want to hear I want to hear Shannon one more time. I, I just need to hear. Let's just hear Shannon his thoughts on uh, on Baker Mayfield. Let's see if uh, if Shannon can can tell Theo what uh, yeah. Theo what he wants to hear. Because I'm not sure. He's not in. There, there it is. <laughs> He's not in. I just know that if we're waving the white flag on Tua after like a season and a half, we've had four years of Baker Mayfield. So we we know what he is. Have they exercised the fifth year option with him, or do we know? Like, is he a free? That's a good question. I actually do not know that. I'll have to check that out and see. But my thing is, it, they better not pay that man. They better not pay that man an extensive contract. They've done smart things. You would think that this would uh, this would be not smart yeah. to continue to pay the guy. He's just... I, I wonder, to you, seeing him in all the commercials, the Baker Mayfield swag, the way he talks, conducts himself, is, is, that, is that hurting him? Is that where we think that he sucks more than he actually does because of the bravado? Or is the bravado what's keeping him from getting a ton of criticism as the bad quarterback of the Browns? I think the bravado... I think it helps him. I think it gives him a little bit of a reputation that he maybe doesn't deserve. Well, it makes us know who he is, but I think it also... People don't like it. Like A lot of people that bring up all of that stuff, like him being thrown in our face in all of these commercials and... And him being so popularized, it, it does turn people against him because we're like, yo, he hasn't earned that. Whereas, I mean, he's playing in the Cleveland market. We shouldn't be even hearing this guy's name or bringing up his name every week. But him being in those commercials kind of he's got so the commercial appeal. He's polarizing. He's very polarizing. But even the Cleveland media is starting to turn on yeah, him. So it I, might be over. I think it helps him. I think the nation seeing him in all those commercials, they just think, oh, he must be good. He must be good. He's not. He's not. Ken Levick alive with Theo Dorsey here on ESPN 106.3, presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash MBA Sport. 22 years doing it. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Listening to lunch here on Ken Levick alive. Yesterday, Josh Cohn on the home team with Dean Thomas and Tina, which, by the way, now is 4 to 5.55 here on ESPN 106.3. New time. And then Evan Cohen has you for a couple of minutes at 5.55. They're talking about what they got for the holidays, talking about the holiday season, how it treated them. Standard discussion for a radio show coming off of the holidays, right, Theo? Of course. It's, of course. It, many, many, many shows did this. Tina started talking about her favorite gift. Uh, and uh, this was this was Christina Costanza, home team Tina, or Tina home team. I can't remember how, what she calls herself. This was her talking about her favorite gift. I got eight pairs of shoes this year, but there was one pair I was very excited about. I got some purple glittery Crocs. Wow! Wow! I was I had I have been yeah. asking for Crocs and just wanting Crocs for so long, but I yeah. I just I don't know why I never bought them. And I got some cute purple glittery Crocs. All right, there's a couple of layers to that. Okay, one I've never heard anybody excited about getting Crocs, yeah. like ever, ever, and not only that, it's the excitement of receiving the Crocs as a gift. The purpley Crocs. But it's also her saying, I've wanted Crocs for so long. Yeah, what? I um, I like Tina a lot, okay? <laughs> and her and I have a really, really good relationship. And she's quirky, but in a fun way. This is the first time that I've actually felt like something disturbing has come out of her mouth. What type of human being, and have you ever met a human being 
that has been 100% excited, appreciative, best gift they've gotten because it's Crocs. And how many of you actually want Crocs? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. I've never heard another human get excited about getting Crocs. How much are Crocs? I don't know, $5? I have no idea. Yeah, like, so why has she wanted Crocs for so long and just not went and got them? Right. She's acting like this is like a a, a Gucci bag. Yeah, that's my problem. Like, I've wanted Crocs I've for wanted so Crocs. Yeah, exactly. You could probably walk into a Payless, take them, and they're not going to say anything. Yeah, they'd be like, yeah, we've been waiting for those <laughs> yeah. chips. Like, that's... But not buy one, get one. Just get one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's no buy one, get one. Yeah, yeah. it's get one. <laughs> get, get one, one get, get a second out. free. Right, yeah. exactly. Like I, I, I have never. Let's uh, let's get Tina in here. Tina, if uh, if Tina has some time, she's around. All right, Tina, you need to explain yourself with the Crocs here because I have never, ever, Please. ever in my life heard anybody a excited about Crocs and b who has opined about their quest for Crocs mm. like Tina did yesterday. Um. You realize that Crocs are like two fifty, right? Like with a with a decimal between the two and the five, yeah. right? No, like, they're not. How much are they? Are you they're wearing like them right now? They're like fifty five dollars. Uh huh. I'm not wearing them right now. I saw your purple. You I, have a purple. She's wearing like, them dirty. No, I I haven't figured out. I, well, no, actually, our our director of marketing and content told me that if I wore them to the office, I was banned. Uh, because they're Crocs. <laughs> they're Crocs. That's why. So what? If they're Crocs. They're comfy. They're you, cute. I got two pairs for wait, Christmas, wait, wait. actually. You think, <laughs> wait, you, you got two pairs of Crocs? I got two pairs of Crocs. So, My family knew I wanted Crocs. There's one sparkly purpley, and then what was the other one? <laughs> the other one's like a light yellow. <laughs> so you what, is, like those what is it about Crocs that are cute? Is it the fact that we can see your disgusting toes no, through them? No, you can't. Is it the they're, fact that they're like bulky and rubbery? What is it? They're, what do you mean they're comfy? You can just slide right into them. They can get wet. They're easy to wash. They're com- You can put little... Um, They're called... I forget what they're called. They're these little cute little charms you can put on the oh Crocs. Oh, my God. Giblets? Giblets. Oh, look, look. Friday Night Lights knows what yeah. they are. I'm not surprised Friday Night Lights has a knowledge I of I can't uh, wait to get giblets and to literally just- Giblets? Giblets. Giblets. Isn't that what comes out of the turkey? Giblets. I don't know. I think that's a gobbler. Giblets? Go- giblets? Gobbler. I don't know. Giblets. The gobbler. I don't know. Giblets. I can't wait giblets. to just put all these cute little giblets on my Crocs. You know, a little paw print for my pups. Uh, maybe uh, a little mic for the radio. See, So cute! It's like personality. You are, I'm, I'm looking at a picture right now. Everyone my personality on my feet. I'm looking at a picture right now of the Crocs with the giblets. Yes! Okay? You know who wears those? Children. Five-year-olds, <laughs> Tina! Five-year-olds. Kindergartners. Uh. I love them. How old are I've, you? 24. I'm getting way too old for this Crocs place. are so yeah. in right now. I literally told this to our director of marketing, Courtney, that she was she doesn't like Crocs. And I don't I, blame her. I told her, I go, they're in right now. No joke. We went out and everyone is wearing Crocs. You go out to the store. <laughs> so many people are wearing Crocs. Crocs are in, Ken. You're just not in with the fashion yet. Theo will be there soon. Don't you worry. Ken. Here's my theory yeah, on the Crocs. Crocs. Here's my theory on Crocs. Okay, here's here. And here my are the, little giblets. Here are the three types oh of people that God. wear Crocs. Okay, five year olds, as we've established. Okay, uh, here's the second group of people. The pandemic has caused people to completely give up. Crocs aren't For a sure. give up shoe. Yes, they are. <laughs> they are. Yes, they're no, like they're slides. not. And then there's yes, the are. the older folks. That have constant joint pain and can't bend over. <laughs> and they are close to giving up 
and they wear Crocs. Those are the three types of people that wear Crocs. They are a giving up shoe. The target no, audience. No, they're not. They're like sweat plants. So, sweat pants. Sweat pants. Yeah. Sweat pants. Yeah. I don't care. Let me, can I introduce in? you in the gym shorts I'm wearing to work today, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> but I've already, I'm open about how I've you given gave up. You gave up, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would sleep with a mattress on the floor. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, of I'm course. Dumpy. Well, I can't wait to put little cute giblets on my purple <laughs> glittery Crocs oh, and my light God. yellow Crocs, and I'm just going to rub it on your face, Ken, and wear them to work all the time. This woman is like seven weeks away from getting married, and she is she is excited he about He fully supports Crocs. my Crocs. Crocs. No, I'm not. Listen, Scott likes what he likes. Yeah. That's fine. What I'm questioning <laughs> is I gotta what find you a little like. ring, I got to find a little ring giblet and put that on my Croc. Oh, also, did you see your sign from Dean? I'm feeling Yes. It. Can you read it? Yes. It's, yes. What does it say? It says, and he forgot a letter. <laughs> I think he forgot a few letters. Happy anniversary. 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 So it's your anniversary? Today's my one year anniversary since being on home team. Happy anniversary. Oh. Yes. Anniver- Happy an- anniversary. What what a, well, c- congrats on your achievement. You should have got me some Crocs, Ken, for that. <laughs> uh, congrats on your Crocs Thanks. as well. And... Um, <laughs> I uh, I am actually the more the more Tina explained it to me the more embarrassed I got <laughs> for her about the Crocs. Uh, Tina's going to be on with uh, Josh and Dean. Josh Cohen on the home team with Dean Thomas and Tina. Four o'clock today here on ESPN 106.3 and perhaps more Croc talk from them. Thank you, Tina. Well, thank you for bringing me up in my glittery purple Crocs. Uh-huh, you're welcome, and your uh, your like and my yellow yellow ones. Cro- yes Crocs. She well. always forgets the yellow ones. It's like the stepchild of her Crocs. No, because she's collection. more excited about the purpley. I really ones. like I like glitter. Okay, okay. I really like glitter. <laughs> Crocs. I've never owned a pair of Crocs, and I don't plan on owning a pair of Crocs unless. I steal them. <laughs> Unless I steal them, that is where I will wear a pair of Crocs. All right, let's continue on. Let's finish up here our listening lunch here on ESPN 106.3, where we have to, Theo, go all the way back to Saturday, where Aaron Rodgers' brother, Jordan, was on the SEC Network, and he was talking about the discrepancy between Alabama and Cincinnati and why, why, why this becomes problematic for the group of five in the college football playoff. Right, I mean, because this is what we were worried about. You have a talented Cincy team that's good on the outside, that fought really hard, but at the end of the day, you looked and saw two teams that physically were just different, and that's the difference between Alabama, the top tier, and group of five teams right now, and, and maybe for the foreseeable future. All right, that's fine and all. And did Cincinnati get muscle around by Alabama in the college football playoff? The answer to that is yes, but Alabama does that to everybody in the playoff. Everybody. It doesn't matter what conference they're from. It doesn't matter what level of college football they're from. They are always the superior physical presence. And so what we saw Saturday was not only Jordan Rodgers, who we're going to pick on because we had the audio from him, but uh, countless names throughout college football and in sports media saying, told you so, this is why the group of five doesn't belong in the playoff. And it is absolutely asinine because they're holding up Cincinnati, who lost by fewer than Georgia did in the SEC championship game. It's, impre- it's who impressive. Who are you people? It's impressive that people disclude that fact. And then they, they could have just waited two or three more hours and watched what happened to Michigan. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. In fact, if we don't think the group of five belongs in the college football playoff in Cincinnati was proof. If you eliminate Ohio State, the Big Ten shouldn't belong in the college football playoff because not Ohio State 
has been brutalized every time they've gone there. Michigan State, shut out. I mean, absolutely massacred in that game. Michigan, that was over in the time it takes for me to clap five times. So if we're eliminating Cincinnati, and that's a referendum on the entire group of five, then goodbye Big Ten. And Notre Dame, see you later. And Notre Dame, see you. Notre Dame can never, ever, ever be in there again. Yeah. Nope. Sorry about that. I mean, it is abs- It is amazing how college football people, they don't want to see anything new. They love Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma. And they're okay with Georgia because it's the SEC. Yeah. And as soon as it deviates... Or a group of five dares to have a good season and get themselves into the discussion. Nope, they can't compete at that level. They can't compete at that level. Even though Cincinnati went up to number five Notre Dame and beat them in South Bend Mm. earlier this year. And I'll say this as well. Hey, Canes fans, if I see any more of you talking about how the group of five doesn't belong in the playoff, you of all fan bases, have no room to discuss and no voice to proclaim who belongs in the college football playoff and who doesn't. Because that same Alabama team that beat Cincinnati on Saturday kicked you in the crotch and laughed at you in week one. Hey, You played them four months ago, and they (laughs) beat you significantly worse than they did Cincinnati. So don't you dare have any thoughts on a group of five, especially Cincinnati, in the college football playoff. Well, to be fair, we had all, all offseason to prepare for Alabama. Uh-huh. They had three weeks. Right. So right. they, you know, shorter time, they honed in on it more, uh-huh. whereas we were distracted all yeah, offseason. Sure, sure, sure. There was more focus on Cincinnati's <laughs> yeah, yeah. part. Did Cincinnati show that the group of five doesn't belong in the college football playoff? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. Did Alabama's win over Cincinnati prove that the group of five just can't hang and doesn't belong in the college football playoff? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. And again on Twitter, at ESPN West Palm. That has been your listening lunch here on Ken LeVick Alive. He's Theodore CWP TV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. You'll see him on the tube tonight. We'll be back. I'm Ken LeVick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken LaVica. Hey, guys. Cincinnati proved it. The group of five doesn't belong in the college football playoff. All right, Alabama beat them pretty good, even though Michigan, they, they, they had lost Six seconds into that game against Georgia. <laughs> uh, but nope, nope, no group of five. No group of five. Never mind the fact that if you're not Ohio State, the Big Ten goes to the playoff and gets blasted every single time. I mean, blown off the face of the earth. But uh, nope, 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 nope. Uh, there's, there's just too much physical superiority between yeah. Alabama, the same Alabama team that is the biggest example of a modern-day dynasty that we have in all of sports. Uh, Alabama just too physical for a group of five team. Alabama's also way too physical for Georgia. <laughs> I mean, come on, you people. Uh, the, the, the college football playoff, did Cincinnati prove that the group of five just doesn't belong? Has their crusade 
for the group of five lasted just one solitary game. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And again, tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. Hey, the ballpark of the Palm Beach is four-game flex pack. Single-game tickets are both on sale now for the ballpark of the Palm Beaches. What a beautiful spring training home right in the heart of West Palm Beach. The American League champion Houston Astros call it home. The Washington Nationals call it home. Uh, BallparkPalmBeaches.com. That's the website. 160 acres of fan-friendly fun, 7,700 seats, a 360-degree concourse, a banana boat lawn, party decks, and more. The ballpark of the Palm Beaches. Have you been out there yet? Of course I have. I, I went out there for the Astros watch party when right before we got obliterated by the Braves. The March 12th game, Astros-Braves World Series rematch. March 18th, Yankees come to town. March 21st, Red Sox are in town. The Mets come in six different times. It's the ballpark, the Palm Beaches. Go to ballparkpalmbeaches.com, ballparkpalmbeaches.com. I'll see you at spring training and beyond. Um, so... The, the, That's right by is, the crib, too. My, the house I bought, right by It's right by there? Yeah, I could walk to the ballpark. Excellent. Those are my folks. Those are your folks. <laughs> Those are your people. They're my people. Those are your people. I, I, I find it so disheartening how it's so easy for football fans, college football fans, if they happen to be a fan of a Power 5 school, how easy it is to just dismiss group of five. And I, I know I'm biased because I'm the play-by-play voice of a group of five school that has fairly recently seen success in FAU. Um, But to take one game, the first time that a group of five team is allowed in, the first time, and they go up against the modern-day dynasty, the juggernaut, the team that had three weeks prior absolutely slapped across the face, Mm. the team that was number one almost all season long, and you're going to use that example... Alabama beating Cincinnati is a reason why the G5 doesn't belong. That's just hater stuff. That's not actual sensical thought. That's just you didn't want to see him there. Yeah. And that's elitist. It's elitist thought. It's undeserved elitist thought from college football fans that more than more than likely didn't even go to the damn school that they're a fan of, that they're defending. Well, Canes fans. <laughs> that's me. Uh, no, but I think it's a weird form of confirmation bias where – it's there's trying to use this one result in a vacuum as the reason why group of five shouldn't be in it. But like we've said and stated across just this season alone, they did better than the other teams that Bama played that are yeah. power five teams. Yeah. So what are we talking about? If you want to go by simple head to head, Cincinnati better than Georgia. You know, Cincinnati technically better than Miami. Yeah. By the transitive property. Yeah, absolutely. And they beat Notre Dame. This season, like on the road, yeah, and I don't care what you think about Notre Dame. And Notre Dame, I tend to think, is generally overrated all the time. You don't believe in Brian Kelly? <laughs> Brian Family, <laughs> family. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> family. So, uh, but but the the fact of the matter is, Notre Dame was ranked where they were ranked. Yeah, Notre Dame finished where they finished. That was five, and Cincinnati went on the road to South Bend. Not exactly a comfortable road situation. And beat them. If Alabama did that, oh my God, what a win. But Cincinnati did it. Nah, Notre Dame's off. And let's not forget, since he was in, because they beat Notre Dame. 
Like literally, like mm-hmm. they won their way yeah. in. They Notre Dame proved was it. one spot behind them. Yeah, they scheduled their schedule is what bore you know bared that out, and they beat the team that they beat out for the spot. So there's no question that Cincy belongs. I'm trying not to pile on Canes fans, but God, did they drive me insane on Saturday? And that's why I keep going back to it. The Orange Bull Boys is a podcast, okay? And they tweeted the following, and I could not believe it when I saw it and rereading it. It makes me even even more just puzzled at what could be going on through their collective minds as the hosts of this Orange Bowl Boys podcast. They tweeted on Saturday night, and the group of five team failed to cover. Managed two field goals. Please, never again. This was a waste of time. Power five teams only moving forward. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Speaking of teams who couldn't cover against Alabama... It's all about the you. Hey, hey. They went up to Atlanta and got their asses kicked all over that field. That was over after six seconds as well. So you're going to judge a group of five team with a more stringent ruler than you judge your own? You're the mighty power five. I know. I get it, though. I get it, though. That on the field, Miami's been so irrelevant for two decades now that the only way that on the field they can keep people talking about them is if they hitch their wagon to Alabama. I get it. <laughs> They've not hitched the I wagon. Get it. They have hitched their Power 5 wagon to Alabama. We're Power 5. We're one in the same. Uh-huh. And Us that's and the them. thing. There are so many trash bag Power 5 teams that simply think they're better because they're Power 5. Uh-uh. Make no mistake, too. If UCF got into the playoff like they should have in 2017... That undefeated season, they should have gotten there. They should have been a part of it. Shouldn't have had to settle for going to beat up on Auburn in Atlanta. Mm. UCF would have won a college football playoff game, at least. So you can laugh all you want and say UCF's well, annoying. matched up with? Uh, I mean, it depends if they got the three or not. Because I mean, who was one that probably year? Probably Alabama. Well, Let's see. Let's look at the playoff. Uh, 2017 college football playoff. Wouldn't that have been Ohio State? I think that was the Ohio State was in Clemson. Well, every year is the Ohio State yeah. Clemson Bama year. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, that was Clemson beating Alabama. So they probably would have gone against Clemson because Clemson was the the number one seed in but, that. Was that Trevor think, Lawrence Clemson? Yeah. Uh, no, that was uh, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson Clemson. Clemson. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was. Uh, I don't know. I think UCF with that offense, they they had the best shot of any Group of Five team that has at least been in the discussion to win a game in the playoffs. So people can can make fun of UCF all they want for claiming a national championship, but they they got it they got it done. And actually, I'm wrong. That's that was that was not that year because Freshman that year, that game was played in 2017. Hold on, that would end up being the 2018 playoff. Um, but still, I don't care who they're going against. UCF had the best shot. Okay. And you can't, after one game, just make the judgment that, all right, that was, oh, that was the, the two a year. Alabama beat Georgia. That was the two a touchdown to Waddle. So they would have played Alabama. With Jalen Hurts as their quarterback. Yeah. You remember, yeah. Alabama went against Washington. Washington was number oh, four. I forget. And Washington got, and, 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 and Washington hung in there, right? No, no, no. I thought that was a Washington. Oh, man. What a am I? Washington. You see, you see what I did? Oh, that was, was really good. That was really excellent. That yeah. was really excellent. I'm looking it up here. Oh now. no, Alabama beat Clemson. Georgia beat Oklahoma. Okay. The time Washington got in, I think they got clapped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it would have been Clemson. Yeah, it would have been. It would have been Clemson and uh, and UCF because Clemson was the one seed. 
Oh, okay. So that's be- they're beatable. Yeah, they were. They're, 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 they're I'm beatable. glad it took us eight years to finally get to that point. But Great radio. Yeah, we found it. We found it. But uh, again, the point is, UCF had the best chance of any group of five. Yeah, yeah. Cincinnati was limited. We knew they were limited, and they still like. I thought that they had their moments. Were they going to win? No. Were they physically outmatched? Yes. But for someone like Jordan Rogers to say that. Oh, there's just too big a physical discrepancy. That's Alabama and everybody. Yeah. Ask Clemson how that went a month ago. That's Alabama and everybody, not just Cincinnati. There is no way that you can make a logical case, and people are going to try, and I think college football is going to try, and the committee is going to try to make a case that Cincinnati is the reason the group of fives don't belong, but that's wrong because you're not actually using your brain. You're just praying. You're hoping. You're wishing. They don't want it. You know what's funny, too, to me? is even before the college football playoff, I watched Alabama undress the number two team in the nation twice with LSU one time and Mm -hmm. Notre Dame Mm -hmm. in the national championship game. So they do this on a regular basis. This year we watched them undress Georgia in the SEC championship game, which is technically the second best team in the nation this year. So, So, yeah, this is not the ruler by which group of five teams need to be measured. If anything, I thought it was a positive mark on the group of five record, but, you know. Yeah. I don't want to be like, you know, moral victory guy. But I, I did mean, too. I did too. I thought it was a positive, but yeah. there are more of them. They're going to use it as anti-G5 than there is of us who look at it as a possible positive. Yeah. Ken LeVick alive here on ESPN 106.3. Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. More to come, including the Washington football team. They have a new name, February 2nd. We're going to tell you what we hope it is when we come back. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levicka Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Levicka. Uh, get ready, February 2nd. It's when we find out the new name of the Washington football team. And there's already theories and conspiracy theories. And uh, the Washington football team apparently has bought up a bunch of URLs that direct that redirect to their current team website uh. to throw people off. That's pretty brilliant. I didn't think they had it in them. That's smart. As one of the worst-run teams in sports, I didn't think they had it in them. But they've got it in them. But we're going to give you what we think. The name of the Washington football team should be. But before that, let me tell you about who you absolutely should be getting your air conditioning serviced by, taken care of by, and that's EDS Air Conditioning. EDS is, yes, do not be fooled by the fact that things were a little cool this morning and things are going to be a little cool tomorrow morning because while it's a cold front, highs are still in the 80s, still going to get hot, still going to get humid. You know that winter down here in South Florida lasts six seconds, and then boom. Like We've already gone through the coldest parts of the winter. It's AC season. The mornings, maybe you don't have to have it kick on. In the afternoons, you still need it. EDS air conditioning, EDS is yes. So I guess my point is, you need it working. You need it functioning. You need to be proactive. Get it serviced. And if it's dead, you need to get it replaced and do it now because you're going to regret later if you don't get it taken care of. EDS is yes. EDS Air Conditioning. They're a train comfort specialist. It's hard to stop a train. They're using the best equipment always. They handle your plumbing needs as well. They've been doing it since 2006. They're family owned and operated all through Palm Beach County, all through the Treasure Coast. It's EDS Air Conditioning and it's easy to remember. EDS is yes. EDSAirConditioning.com 
and they are trying to work their appointment schedules around you because they're just good people. That's who you want to do business with. EDS Air Conditioning, EDS is yes. Call 561-316-8799. That's 561-316-8799. EDS Air Conditioning, edsairconditioning.com. All right, so uh, I want to make sure that everybody knows where we stand here as well, Theo, um, uh, when we're judging these names. Mm-hmm. I want to put ours up against one another and... Just talk it through. This, this is important. This is an NFL franchise that is changing its name. So, in true Washington, D.C., American capital fashion, when it is a name that we like after we've, we've talked it through, uh, this is what you're going to hear. Okay? I, like, I like it. If we don't like it, we're giving the ultimate American insult. Okay, so let us begin. Theo, why don't you kick us off here? What do you think February 2nd, the Washington football team name should be? Now, after I say it, give it some time, let it settle in, and I'll give you an (laughs) Uh, an explanation. He's already waffling on this. Yeah, yeah. That was funny. Waffles was one of mine. Uh, But (laughs) The Washington Waffles? All right. (laughs) I'd actually kind of be into that. It was kind of dope. Yeah. All right. So, the Washington Cocktails. All right. Wait. Yeah, I really need this to settle okay. in. <laughs> okay, <laughs> think about it. All right, now, now that you let it settle in, you let it soak in, the Washington cocktails. Uh-huh. This is why I like it, all right? When I think about D.C., when I think about my nation's capital, I think about happy hours and how I like to kick it out there and get my favorite cocktail, right? Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not done. Oh, man, not done. We just pulled the trap door on him. Come Later. on, man. Hooked him off stage at the Apollo. No, keep explaining. Their owner is a bit of a... What's a sin? You know, he he's not a he's eccentric. Yeah, a and jerk. He's a jerk, and he's a bit of a you know, a cocktail. And what oh. I would, yeah, you see what I went. Ah. And what I would say is, Washington football team fans across the nation can agree with me here. You need a, you need yourself a cocktail to watch that team play if you're rooting for them. Washington cocktails. All right, you explained it. I've been able to to think about it a little bit. Stone, you know what to do. <laughs> Watch oh, that becomes a name and you all owe me money. The cocktails. The cocktails. Oh, man. This is the same city that got rid of the Washington Bullets because they thought it was uh, it was sending a wrong message. But mm. sure, they'd go with the cocktails. You're right. It's fun. You're right. So for me, I think that there needs to be a military type of name. It's strong. It's powerful. Okay. And I don't think you can go wrong with the Washington Commanders. The Washington Commanders. What? Damn right. It's the essence of the military complex there in D.C. Staunch defense, commanding. Bringing the offense, bringing the missiles, bringing the bombs. Commanders. The Washington Commanders, Theo. What what has been commanding Hoo-ha. about that organization for the past 20 years? Well, nothing, we but lying? they're going to be aspiring. <laughs> aspiring so to be commanders. The Washington Aspiring Commanders. The Aspiring like Commanders, yes. The Washington Commanders. So, Stone, our final ruling on this is what? Hoo-ha! All right. Yeah, both. Now, what about this? Elliot Brownstein tweets... The Washington Sentinels. The Washington Sentinels. I don't like that. I'm not saying it's not good. I, just, I don't like it. It's got a revolutionary war feel to it. 
Yeah, but the like the Sentinels. The, the, I, I get that you guys are going all like Army. Like those guys aren't in D.C. like that, right? But they're around D.C. Yeah, like they're like in Annapolis. And but this is like American imagery. This is Theo. D.C. This is D.C. This is not. Why are we getting so y'all are getting so patriotic and stuff? We already got the Patriots in New England. This is just D.C. Think about D.C. and what do you think about happy hours and brunch? That's why I was going to go waffles, and that's why I went cocktail. Stone, how do you feel about the Sentinels? How are we feeling about the Sentinels here, the Washington Sentinels? Uh, okay. And then finally, finally, David Reynolds tweets, the Washington filibusters. I like that. I actually like that. The Wash- and that would, that would mean, hey, staunch defense. <laughs> yeah. Not going anywhere. You're in for a world of hurt. You're just going to sit and wait to get into the end zone. A bunch of six to three wins and, and stuff. And you could call them like the Phils. I like it. They get, they have like a short nickname yeah. too. The well, Washington Phils. Cocktails has a short busters. nickname too. If you- <laughs> <laughs> uh, are we in agreement, Stone, on the Washington filibusters? Yeah. Right. I like it. We'll leave it on that note. Yeah. That's a good note. All right. Theo Dorsey, you'll see him on TV tonight. WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. Stone Labanowitz, Friday Night Lights, well done as well. I'll be back tomorrow with Jeanette Javier for a Wednesday edition of Ken LeVick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Bye-bye, everybody.